It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guest shortly, and I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N. A long time ago, I had a guest who gave me a great piece of advice at the end of the show, and he said, have a conversation every day with someone who inspires you. Last week, I had such a conversation with my best friend, and we spoke for four and a half hours on the phone together. It was one of the most thought-provoking talks that challenged me in some areas, and as a result, I couldn't get to sleep right away because of all the ideas that were spinning in my head. Those conversations are really fun to have because when someone you respect gives you actionable ideas, it can cause a lot of growth, and that's never a bad thing. Growth may not always be pleasant, but it is necessary to get where you want to be in life, business, or anything else. If you have a friend like that in your life, I encourage you to have an amazing conversation with that person today. It can be life-changing, and you will be very glad you did. I will introduce my guest shortly, and before I forget, if you've not gotten my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It features some of the best interviews that I've had on my show, including Kevin Harrington, Dan Locke, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, and so many more. You'll want to get that. The Kindle version on Amazon is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. My guest this week is Adam Mendler. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the chief executive officer of the Veloz Group, where he co-founded and oversees ventures across a wide variety of industries. He also provides business thought leadership as a speaker to businesses, universities, and nonprofit organizations, and is the host of the personal and professional development podcast, 30-Minute Mentors. He's regularly cited in national media outlets, and he's an advisor, consultant, coach, and board member. He's also conducted over 300 one-on-one interviews with leading CEOs, founders, athletes, celebrities, and influencers, and he's written extensively on leadership, management, entrepreneurship, and he's authored over 70 articles published in major media outlets like Forbes, Inc., uh, the Huffington Post, and so many more. I just can't even continue to go on. It's just, just so extensive. He's creating content like crazy. And so we have a lot to talk about today. Here we are with my very special guest, Adam Mendler. Adam, how are you today? Brian, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here with you. Excited to be here with your audience. Yeah, me too. So here's the first thing I normally ask. Did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? That's a very loaded question. I did not envision that I would be on your podcast. I did not envision that there would be such a thing as podcasts. I didn't envision that I would be in the office furniture business, that I would be an entrepreneur. So in the sense of what I'm doing with my life professionally, no, absolutely not. I thought I'd be running a baseball team. My dream as a kid was 
to be the general manager of the Angels. And right now, full disclosure, Brian, in the background, I've got the Angels and A's on. Unfortunately, the Angels are down 3 nothing right now. So hopefully over the course of our conversation, we'll have a little bit of a comeback. But that was my dream as a kid. And that was my dream all the way through college and in my early 20s. And life takes you in a different direction. But as far as the trajectory of my life and whether I thought I would be doing things that would make an impact, yeah, I would have liked to have hoped that at a young age uh, I would be making an impact. And at this age today, I hope I'm making a difference in the world and hope to continue to make an impact in the years to come. Fantastic. What was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Well, that's a tough question, but I would say right after college, I moved to New York and it was my first real experience away from home. Mm. I went to college at USC and I grew up in LA. So to give a little bit of background, going to college at USC was an unbelievable experience for me. It was a fun four years and uh, I lived on campus. It was just a very comfortable, warm, amazing environment. And when I graduated from USC, I was at the top of my class. I did really well academically. I made a lot of friends and really made the most of my time there. And I took a job in New York working for what was then the largest hedge fund in the world, a company called D.E. Shaw. And it was my first experience living away from L.A. It was my first experience being in a different environment in a lot of different ways. Growing up in Los Angeles, I'd never really experienced cold weather before. It was my first experience freezing my ass off, which wasn't fun. And getting into a completely different environment was tough for me. What was also tough for me was going from being, I don't want to say the big man on campus because I wasn't Reggie Bush or Matt Liner, but in some ways I was you know, a successful guy on campus. Mm-hmm. And to go from that to being the bottom guy on the totem pole, which anyone who starts off in the real world is the bottom guy on the totem pole, but I, I didn't really have that perspective back then. That was a tough period for me. And it was a period that lasted two and a half years because it wasn't really until I left New York and came back to LA to go to business school to get my MBA at UCLA that I really moved on to the next phase of my life. And I look back on those two years, two and a half years, excuse me, as an unbelievable learning experience, as two and a half years of growth, two and a half years of lessons learned. And Brian, to be completely honest with you, there are plenty of other lows in my journey. We could talk about lows in my entrepreneurial journey, my first uh, year and a half of being an entrepreneur was an amazing time. I loved it. I had so much fun, but I had too much fun because we had such a good time pushing on all of our different ideas, uh, ideating, innovating, just exploring all these different possibilities that we lost sight of what was really important, which is cash flow. And we basically burned through all of our money and a year and a half in to 
being the CEO of the Bellows Group, I learned the hard lesson of really needing to run the business the right way. And that taught me so many important lessons that have been instrumental in being the entrepreneur and the CEO that I am today. So I know we have a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. on this podcast, but we all fail. We all make mistakes. We all have highs. We all have lows. And I certainly have had my fair share. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you faced starting your first company? So uh, at a very high level, um, major, major challenge was when we started the Velos Group, we had so many different ideas that we had a hard time focusing and we had a hard time winnowing down how we should be spending our time. So what ultimately happened was my brother and I, who started the Velos Group, started off with 10 different ideas that we wanted to build. And we tried that and we tried pushing on all these ideas at once. And again, it was a ton of fun. It was an awesome experience until we had this come to Jesus moment where we realized that this wasn't going to last very long if we were going to keep doing it this way. And I'm Jewish. So for me to have a come to Jesus moment, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, um, the lack of focus and the inability to just pick one business and go with it. That's something that I really try to impress upon entrepreneurs that I speak to. Yeah. So how do you know what a good business idea looks like? You had a bunch of ideas floating around. How did you decide what your good business idea was going to be from that set? So in our case, we did it a little bit differently than I think entrepreneurs should do it. We were off to the races and we started pushing on all these different ideas. And by trial and error, we had two businesses that were close to monetization. And at that year and a half point, when we realized that we really had to focus and we really had to concentrate on cash flow and making money, we picked the two ideas that were closest, one being our office furniture concept, which we've turned into Beverly Hills Chairs, which is the leading seller in the country of refurbished brand name office chairs, and Custom Tobacco, which is uh, a unique uh, e-commerce platform where customers can create private label cigars in real time. So we were able to take these two ideas we had and turn them into successful businesses. But what I tell entrepreneurs, the right way to do it is through customer discovery by going out and actually understanding whether there's a market for your product, talking to the people who you believe will ultimately buy your product from you and understanding, do they want what you're selling? And if so, how badly do they want it? How much are they willing to pay for it? How desperately Are they wanting to do business with you? And that's one big thing that all entrepreneurs need to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Adam Mendler, and we're going to talk about a lot during this show. We're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about generating content. We're going to talk about communication, especially in a crisis situation. You know, what what does communication look like with your team during a pandemic? Uh, we'll talk about being in publications as a positioning strategy. Uh, we'll talk about focus. We'll talk about how to get your idea, your business from idea to your first customer. We have a lot going on during the show today. I cannot wait to finish exploring this with Adam Mendler. We're going to have a fan, fantastic time. I cannot wait. We're going to come back very, very shortly. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back on the other side. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Mendler. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. It is Success Profiles Radio. And here's a question I love asking people, Adam. What is your big why? Great question, Brian. I break that down into three different questions. And I think that everyone needs to try to check these three buckets. Number one, are you passionate about what you do? Number two, are you good at what you do? Number three, are you making a difference in the lives of others? And those three questions to me add up to that big why. How are you spending your time? How are you making an impact? How are you living your life? And we have a finite amount of time in the day. Mm -hmm. We have a finite amount of energy. We need to do it in ways that are fulfilling to us. And we need to spend our time in ways that are ultimately uplifting the lives of others. Absolutely. Are you afraid to make mistakes? No, absolutely not. There's a quote I love, and it's a quote from Richard Reardon, the former mayor of L.A., who is a mentor of mine. And one of his core leadership axioms is... Only a mediocre person never makes a mistake. And it's something that I've internalized deeply. And if you're afraid to fail, you're never going to be able to succeed because you're never going to be able to take risks. You're never going to be able to take chances. You're never going to be able to go on and do great things. So not only am I not afraid to make mistakes, but I encourage everyone on my team I encourage everyone who I lead to feel free to take chances. If you make a mistake, 
it's not the end of the world. Whenever someone on my team makes a mistake, I'll point them to that quote or to that philosophy and I'll say, use this as a learning experience because mistakes and failures are ultimately what help us become better leaders and become better at what we do. Absolutely. So you get a lot of stuff done. Your work ethic must be insane. What do you attribute that to? <laughs> um, it's a hard question to answer, but my dad actually has the most intense work ethic out of anyone I know. So it might be genetic, probably is genetic. I mean, my dad is literally the most hardcore, hardest working person that, that I've ever met. And his mom worked pretty much every day of her life up until through her 80s. And so I think it's just in the blood. Wow, that's fantastic. So let's talk about leadership. What do you think are some of the core qualities to being a great leader? Brian, we could spend the entire episode on this. And sure. There are so many. But I think it's really important for leaders to have a number of different characteristics. First and foremost, leaders need to be great listeners. Leaders need to care about the people that they're leading. Leaders need to lead through inspiration, not through intimidation. Yes. Leaders need to ultimately be able to take one plus one and turn it into three. How do you do that? You don't do that by telling someone this is an order, this is a command. You do that by inspiring, by motivating, by bringing people along the way. And it really doesn't matter what kind of organization you're leading. It doesn't really matter what kind of team you're leading. It doesn't even matter where within the organization you have a position of authority. It's important that if you're a leader, you're laser focused on the people who you're leading. It's not about you. It's about your people. It's about your team. Another interesting thing that I think all listeners should understand about great leaders is the best leaders are lifelong learners. I can't tell you, Brian, the number of guests I've had on my podcast who have emphasized this point to me on the air and who've emphasized this point to me off the air. I've been blown away by the number of unbelievably successful leaders, four-star generals and admirals, Fortune 500 CEOs, founders of multi-billion dollar companies who have told me that they've learned by listening to my podcast. Oh. And I've been blown away by that because I've kind of walked in with the assumption that what do these guys need to learn? They have accomplished so much already. Why are they, um, why are they even thinking it in that way? And then you come to realize that, well, that's exactly the point. The reason why they become such great leaders is because no matter how successful they are, they're always trying to figure out how they can learn more, who they can learn more from. Uh, a guest I had on my show who I've uh, developed a friendship with over the years is a retired uh, Air Force general. And something that he told me uh, when we were getting together was he said, you know, I, I never thought I, I would learn so much by 
listening to an episode with Suzanne Summers, listening to an episode with Rob Lowe. But you tune in and you hear perspectives of people who have experienced things completely different than you, and you're able to pull something from that. And I think that no matter how you're learning, whether it's listening to a podcast like my podcast or your podcast, or whether it's reading a book or whether it's taking an online course or my personal preferred method of learning is by picking up the phone and trying to pick the brain of someone who knows a lot more than I do, which is one of the reasons why I'm so inspired by the theme of mentorship and why I started 30 Minute Mentors. Right. I just think it's important for anyone interested in becoming a better leader to be focused on taking that next step, no matter where they are on their journey. Absolutely. How do you think leadership is different today than it was in the past? It's dramatically different today than it was in the past. And it's different along the same kinds of themes that we were just discussing. When you look at just using sports as an example, the kinds of coaches that are most effective today, and you compare them to the kinds of coaches that were most effective a generation ago, you can really see the contrast in what defines effective leadership. Bobby Knight is no longer the gold standard for what makes a great college basketball coach or what makes a great head coach in general. The coach who leads through fear and intimidation and scaring his players, that coach is gone. That coach isn't going to win at the collegiate level. That coach isn't going to win at the professional level. There's no better coach in basketball today, in my opinion, than Brad Stevens. And Brad Stevens is the antithesis of Bobby Knight. He's Mm -hmm. not a guy who yells and screams at his players. He's a guy who teaches his players. He's a guy who earns the respect of his players because they respect his intellect. They respect the fact that he has their best interests at heart. They respect the fact that if they listen to Brad Stevens, they know that they're going to get better. And they know that he's ultimately going to optimize the performance of the team. And you can look at that that sort of same philosophy across sports. Pete Carroll is a great example of football. In baseball, you look at, at someone like Aaron Boone, and you compare Aaron Boone to Earl Weaver, who was a guy who yelled at, at umpires and was a yeller and screamer. It's just it's a different ball game, and it's a different ball game in the boardroom. It's a different ball game in the classroom. I've interviewed countless military leaders who have told me very, very similar things in different words. One military leader told me, I can count the number of times on one hand that someone has told me in my career, this is an order. Mm. Uh, I've had another military leader tell me, I can't remember a single time in my career that I've ever raised my voice. And we think of military leadership as Jack Nicholson and a few good men, and it couldn't be any further from the truth. And I think that no matter what kind of organization you're leading, Mm -hmm. you need to adapt the style of leadership that you and I are talking about, Brian. You need to get with the times or you're going to be left behind. Yeah. So military leadership and civilian leadership are very different animals, aren't they? Yes and no. I've interviewed enough 
great military leaders, and I don't use the word great lightly. Uh, General Martin Dempsey the, was on my podcast. General Martin Dempsey was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the number one highest-ranking military officer in the country. I had Admiral Jim Stavridis on my podcast, retired four-star admiral, supreme allied commander of NATO, um, among many other great military leaders. And the theme that you hear when you talk to great military leader after great military leader is the core principles of effective leadership in the military are the same principles of effective leadership in a Fortune 500 company, at a startup company. I could tell you, Brian, the way that I lead my business, and I run an entrepreneurial business, I run a group of entrepreneurial businesses, is very similar to the philosophy that I hear from leader after leader after leader on my podcast, no matter what style of organization they're leading. So yeah. I don't I don't think that you can say um, because this person is a Marine Corps general, their style of leadership is going to be um, different than th- this other person who's running a tech startup in San Francisco. And yeah. I'm actually having a retired Marine Corps general on my podcast uh, coming up in September. So wow. hopefully anyone interested can tune into that. Wow, that's fantastic. We've got a couple minutes to our next break. I do want to ask about how leadership is different when you have multiple generations in in your team, because some people respond differently to one way of leadership and other people respond very, very differently. Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. And I think it's really important for leaders to follow best practices, to follow core principles, and to ultimately do what's right. So everyone needs to be talked to a little bit differently. And that might not necessarily be because someone's older or someone's younger, but Brian, you might respond to a different style than the kind of style that I will respond to. And I think it's really important for all leaders to be extremely sensitive to the people who they're leading. So I've written quite extensively about what leaders need to know about managing millennials, what leaders need to know about managing Generation Z. I've done a lot of advisory work with people who are uh, perceived to be too old to be in the workforce, and I'll go in and try to provide a perspective on, no, you're not too old to be in the workforce. Here's how you are truly valuable to organizations. But it all comes back to following the core principles that ultimately work no matter how old you are. Fantastic. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Adam Mendler, and we will come right back. We're going to talk about building a winning company culture, core values that guide companies. We'll talk about communication. We'll talk about building a following, getting published. So much to talk about, so little time. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back on the other side. Stay tuned. The mission 
is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Mendler. And the newest edition of Success Profiles Magazine just came out. So if you would like to read and subscribe to Success Profiles Magazine, go to successprofilesmagazine.com and you will not regret it. So, Adam, let's talk a little bit about building a winning culture. How does that happen? You have to have a set of core values that guide things, right? Absolutely. It starts with having core values that you live and breathe. But beyond your core values, the best way to build a winning organizational culture is by hiring great people. Mm, yes. And I think that that's something that gets either too often overlooked or not enough emphasis is paid to bringing in the right kind of people. I think organizations too often focus on the wrong things in the hiring process. Leaders need to de-emphasize a lot of the traditional markers, like what school you went to and what your grades are. And this is coming from someone who went to good schools and had really good grades. Yes. I, I don't think those are metrics that tell you how good someone's going to be at the job. Uh, I personally have been... Um, hire at jobs that I probably was not qualified to have any business being hired for because I had a good resume and I had good grades and I was good at interviewing. And But what does that really tell you about how well you're actually going to perform within that position or within that company? What I think companies really need to look for in the hiring process, and this ultimately connects to how you build a winning organizational culture, is... You need to find people who have really, really strong work ethics. You need to find people who have a can-do attitude. You need to find people who are winners, who are 
competitive, not competitive in the sense that they're competitive with people around them, but competitive with themselves, people who want to win, people who want to get things done. Something that I tell people all the time, as an entrepreneur, I don't have a boss, so that's great. And no one can tell me what to wear. I, I get to wear shorts every day. But it's, it all, it's also challenging because I don't have someone that I can turn to and say, okay, I, I finished my project um, or I'm stuck right now. Uh, help me. What do I do? Can, can you finish this for me? Give me guidance. Give me direction. I ultimately have to figure things out by myself or I have to turn to the people around me to help me. But it, it's ultimately on me. And what I look for in the people who I hire are people who have that same mindset, who are looking to ultimately figure out how to get things done, who are self-starters, who are self-motivated, who are able to figure out how to leverage the resources around them, whether they're the people around them or whether they're just the tools that we have at our disposal today, but ultimately are going to do whatever it takes to get the most out of their abilities. And I found some unbelievably incredible people uh, all over the world, not only people in L.A. who work in our office, but people in the Philippines, people in Ukraine who might otherwise be overlooked because they don't have the traditional markers. And I can tell you, Brian, some of the biggest mistakes I've made have been hiring people because I was so focused on the pedigree and with every bad hire, you just you, you you badly hurt your culture. You hire one bad person, and if you're a small business, you could completely blow up your culture. Right. You hire one great person. We've had experiences where we've hired. We had one summer where we hired an intern named Buzz. This guy Buzz was an unbelievable asset to our culture. The guy grilled on I couldn't even we could spend the whole interview just talking about Buzz unbelievable guy I wrote an article in Forbes about him and the guy was an intern and it, it doesn't matter who you bring in make sure that every person you bring in is someone that meshes with your core values yeah that's absolutely critical because like you said you can set your organization back a long way if you have the wrong person especially if you are a small company Absolutely. I've worked for huge companies. I've worked for some of the biggest companies in entertainment and finance. I worked for four huge companies before starting my own business. And one bad hire at a Fortune 500 company, yeah, if it's the CEO, the company might blow up. But if it's if you hire a bad secretary or if you hire a bad mid-level manager – you're going to make a lot of people angry. You're going to ultimately uh, ruffle some feathers. I had a boss at one of my jobs um, who ultimately repelled a number of employees, but mm -hmm. business went on. It didn't affect the bottom line. This person was a mid-level manager, and it, there, there was no real impact to the organization's success. But yeah. At a business like mine, one bad person and everyone is up in arms. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. During a pandemic, you find out what leadership 
really looks like. And I'm talking about effective leadership. What does communication during a crisis look like for your team? Ooh, what a great question. Communication is never more important than during a crisis and never more important than right now. I think there are a few things that all leaders need to understand about communication, communication during crisis. Number one, it starts off with being credible. You need to be honest. You need to be trustworthy. You need to be truthful. And that starts way before you're in crisis mode. So if you're someone who is a liar, if you're someone who is untrustworthy, if you're someone who the people around you don't believe, by the time a crisis comes around, you're the boy who cried wolf. And no one is going to listen to anything that you have to say particularly seriously. So you need to build that trust long before the crisis hits. Yeah. Uh, Number two, you're ultimately the face. You need to be out front. You need to be overly communicative. You need to be out there and as open and accessible as possible. Uh, Something that I learned that uh, I think is, is important no matter what business you're in. During the financial crisis, the the wealth managers and the investment managers who were ultimately able to weather that storm were not those who had the best performance during that period because ultimately everyone had really, really bad performance. Yeah. It was those who were open and communicative with their clients. When the clients called in 2008 and said, hey, what's going on? They answered the calls. They didn't hide underneath their pillows. Mm-hmm. They didn't They didn't let the calls go to voicemail. And the clients remembered that because at the end of the day, you only have so much control as a leader, yeah. but what you can control is what is within your control. So what you can control is how communicative you are. And you need to be as communicative, as honest, and as open as possible. Fantastic. We're becoming coming up against our next break here in just a few minutes. Let me ask you, how do you build a big following? It's a great question, Brian. It starts by having something important to say. Hmm. So if you have a message that can add value to others, go out and share it. I think anyone interested in building a following first and foremost, should take the time to become an expert in something, develop knowledge in whatever it is that you think you can contribute to the world, and then go out and share that knowledge with others. Take the time to spread whatever it is that you have to offer for the betterment of others and as they say in Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Absolutely. You contribute to a lot of publications. It's a great positioning strategy, isn't it? It's been an interesting positioning strategy for me. I can give you a little bit of the backstory. I started writing these different articles with the idea that as a entrepreneur, writing articles in Forbes and in Inc. and in Huffington Post 
would ultimately drive visibility to my different businesses. And that that would ultimately help me sell more chairs or sell more software consulting services. And, and that ultimately didn't happen. But what did happen was a, a few things. Number one was um, I realized how much I enjoyed doing it. I realized uh, how passionate I was about doing it. And I, I realized that this was a way I could really make an impact in people's lives beyond what I'm doing as an entrepreneur. So I continue to run my businesses. I, I love all the time I spend on my businesses and in my businesses, hopefully more time on my businesses than in my businesses. But being able to write for these different publications, now having a podcast, being able to ultimately amplify not only the experiences that I've had, but the voices of others mm -hmm. gives me the ability to hopefully help other people take the next step in their journeys. Yeah. We've got less than two minutes to our break. Do you remember the first time you got published? I do. Yeah, I, I do. It was actually an article that was published in the Huffington Post. And it was the article that the title that I submitted, which ultimately wasn't picked up, was why I fired a Harvard graduate after two weeks. Oh. And it was turned in, it was sort of softened down to what I learned about my company culture from firing an employee. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Is it difficult to get published on these platforms? We can, you know, spill this over to the next section if we have to. Yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> Everyone, I think a lot of people are trying to get published in different platforms and it ultimately comes down to having a strategy and having a message and being able to figure out your angle and how you can ultimately add value. Absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. This is fantastic. My guest is Adam Mendler. We have a few things to talk about. When we come back, we're going to talk about how he stays focused, how he takes his business from idea to getting his first customer, and some of the biggest challenges he had to scaling his business to seven figures. We're going to come right back shortly. On the other side, we will be right back. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian.
This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Menler. And if you've not picked up my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on uh, it's on Amazon. And the Kindle version is 99 cents. You can get the paperback version as well. So, Adam, we were talking before the break about getting published on platforms online. Is there a specific process you followed to make that happen? So I had a, a little bit of a different process than I think most people follow. In my case, I was part of a group of entrepreneurs that ultimately connected me to these different platforms. So I'm part of uh, an entrepreneurial group that at that point in time had a relationship with um, the Huffington Post, yeah. which was where my first article got published. Um, and then over the years, I've had a number of articles published in other platforms. And then ultimately what happens is once you are able to build enough of a brand, you can get things published on the basis of your name and your brand. In, in my case, I have over 70 articles that I've written that have been published in well-known outlets uh, and I've had some smaller outlets reach out to me. Who, they've seen my writing and they've been interested in me writing for them. And sometimes uh, I will contribute a piece. Mm-hmm. What I am really focused on right now is my podcast, because as much as I've enjoyed writing in Forbes and in Inc. and in Huffington Post and in these different platforms, I, I love this format, Brian. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just an amazing way to be able to engage people and give listeners and give anyone interested in taking that next step in their journey the ability to do so. So I'll still write pieces from time to time, but 30-Minute Mentors is really where my energy has been beyond my different businesses. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about 30-Minute Mentors. So 30-Minute Mentors is the name of my podcast. You can find it at 30minutementors.com or any podcasting app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Every week I go one-on-one with one of the most successful people in the country on how they got to the top and how listeners can get to the top as well. So some of my guests so far have included, and I've mentioned a couple earlier, but um, CEOs and founders of Fortune 500 companies, very well-known celebrities and athletes. My guest this past week was Terrell Davis, NFL Hall of Fame running back. I've had four-star generals and admirals um, and some major celebrities. Rob Lowe was on the podcast. Uh, Ryan Tedder was on the podcast. And my goal really is to give listeners the ability to take 30 minutes, which... 30 minutes can be a lot of time, but in the grand scheme of things, 30 minutes, if spent right, can make a real difference. And what I try to do is I try to really 
optimize that time by bringing out the the most insightful information I can from guests, yeah. specifically around how they got to the top and how listeners can get to the top as well. How anyone tuning in can become more successful professionally, how anyone tuning in can become more successful personally, how anyone can become a better leader, how anyone can live a healthier, happier, and more successful life. Fantastic. Adam, how do you stay focused throughout the day? You get a lot done. Yeah, it's a challenge. And the challenge for me isn't focusing on work. The challenge for me is is not spreading myself too thin. So what I try to do is I try to block days out. So for example, Brian, if I know I'm going to be doing a lot of podcast interviews, let's say I'm guesting on a bunch of podcasts, I'll try to block out a day or half a day where it's dedicated to being a guest on podcasts. Yeah. If I'm going to be interviewing guests to be on my podcast, I'll, I'll schedule enough time so that I'm in the zone for that. And I don't schedule it around other meetings. And Brian, a big part of it is really scheduling. Um, I try to block out days where I'm really just focused on being in the office with my team, working on strategy and operations for our different businesses. Uh So a lot of it is really being able to optimize your time, optimize your calendar and staying in the zone. Absolutely. So how do you take your business from idea to getting your first customer? That's a really good question. And I think it's different for every business. Yeah. The best way to do it is by starting off with customers. And that's something that I didn't do with any of my businesses. But I think all entrepreneurs should ideally try to think about businesses that they could start with customers. Those are businesses that are successful from day one. What do I mean by that? If you're a lawyer and you're thinking about starting off your own law firm and you already have an existing book of business that you can bring over, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be successful from day one. Uh So by going into businesses where you might already have clients that you could turn to, you're going to have a running start. Following that same philosophy, I think it's really important, and this is something we talked about earlier on in the podcast, Brian, Uh is when you're doing customer discovery, when you're going out into the field and trying to understand how good your idea is by virtue of talking to prospective customers, use that time to prospect. Use that time to put together your potential book of business. So. If you have uh, a cigar company and you're testing out the viability of how good your cigars are, then when you're talking to potential customers and you have people who say, oh, yeah, I think this would actually be great. I, I'd be really interested in this. Uh-huh. Are, are you are you sure? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, how much are you willing to pay for this? I'd, I'd be willing to pay anything for this. 
great. Well, what's your name and what's your number? And, and once we're in business, I'm going to be calling you. That's a great way to start off with your first sale. Right. That's fantastic. What do you think are some of the challenges that you faced scaling a business to seven figures? Oh, so many challenges. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of we, we could spend hours on this. Sure. Um, a lot of operational challenges. So I can tell you, uh, Brian, with our office furniture business, the first customer that we sold the chair to uh, gave us a one-star review on Yelp. Oh. Um, we sold him. We, we shipped him the wrong chair. Oh. He gave us a one-star review on Yelp. And um, yeah, I, I was I'm the CEO of the company, but you're the CEO. You're also the janitor. So you sort of you're responsible for everything. The buck stops at the top when yes. you're the leader. Yes. And we got a one-star review, so I, I called this guy up. I tracked him down. I called him up. It turned out he was the chancellor of a university in Kentucky. And I called him up, and um, I said, first things first, I want to introduce myself. My name is Adam. I'm the founder and CEO of Beverly Hills Chairs. And I read your Yelp review, and every single thing you said in the Yelp review was right. If anything, you're probably too soft on us. Um, here's the backstory. We're a brand new business. We're starting out. Really apologize for for screwing up. We, we're totally wrong. And here's what I'm going to do to rectify it. And hopefully we can just win over your, your trust and um, make you happy going forward. And he was so thrilled to, number one, receive my outreach. And number two, yes. I just think the attitude that, that I had just sort of owning it, owning our screw ups, because when you're trying to scale a business, there are tons of screw ups. You're going to screw up all the time. And that was a big screw up right there. We sent him the wrong chair. So just owning it. And, um, he ultimately changed his one star review to a five star review pretty much on the spot. But that was a good example, Brian, of, of a mistake we made. And, in the early days, we had our fair share of one-star reviews. Now our reviews are, are pretty much all five stars. Yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow slog, but it just requires a lot of the blocking and tackling and learning how to do things right. Absolutely. We're winding down to the end. We've only got a few minutes left. How do you decide what to say yes to and what to say no to? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> um I, I should ask you that because I think that that's a challenge that we're all continually struggling with. Yes. I try to, I have a guilty conscience. So I say yes to way too many things, uh, to more things than I should say yes to. But what happens is you get to a point in your life that you have no choice but to say no to things. Yes. And that's what's happened to me over the years. And that's what's happened to many other people who I know who are other entrepreneurs and other leaders. You ultimately get to a point where you just have no choice but to say no. Yeah. So I think that if you're uh, if you're a person with a really big heart, if you're a bleeding heart like me, my heart bleeds. You ultimately learn how to say no by default because you have no choice but to say no because your schedule is too busy. If you're someone who is a little bit colder and a little bit 
uh, tougher uh, about these kinds of things, it's easier. You could say no because it isn't strategic to say yes. Absolutely. We've got a couple minutes to the end. Who inspires and motivates you? That's the question I ask everyone. Yeah, so many people inspire me. So many people motivate me. Literally every single person I've had on my podcast inspires me, motivates me. My parents inspire me and motivate me. Yeah, I'm inspired and motivated by so many people in my life, Brian. Mm -hmm. I, I read the news every day and I'm inspired by people who I read about. I have friends who inspire me. I, how can you not be inspired by what goes on around you? Yeah. So many people doing so many unbelievable things right. in our society. And I think that we should focus on that and we should take whatever we can from that and use that to ultimately live better lives. Awesome. Less than a minute to the end, Adam. How do we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Try to make it as easy as possible. Just my name, Adam Mendler. You can find me at Adam Mendler. So on social media, at Adam Mendler on Instagram, at Adam Mendler on Twitter. My website is adammendler.com. My podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, all spelled out. That's at 30minutementors.com or on whatever podcasting app you're listening to this great podcast on. All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for being here. This was fun. Thank you, Brian. This was an awesome experience for me. The pleasure was mine. Awesome. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they achieved, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can learn from those journeys along the way. Thanks for being here. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Thanks for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.